This podcast is for mature adults and may contain explicit language. The members of this podcast opinions are solely based on their experiences, interactions, and life situations. It does not reflect the views of everyone. Viewer discretion is advised. With your host, Legit, Easy E, the Chappie Queen, and Titus the Cop. Yeah. Hey, what's up? You are listening to Lee Peeped It with the Topic Queen, and we are back. Make sure you hit us up on all platforms uh, at We Peeped It First, and that's W-E-P-E-P-E-D-1-S-T on all platforms, SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, at Gmail. So make sure y'all go ahead and do that, and we're just going to kick this segment off talking about our black women, black sisters, and the military, you know, allowing black women or women to wear their natural hair. So what are your thoughts on this topic, Queen? Uh, the natural hair battle for black women. This is something that is, I feel like is ongoing. Um, black women, I, I would say since women have entered the workforce, have had this issue of what is necessarily, I guess, necessarily appropriate for uh, corporate America, a.k.a. white America, when it comes to our hair. Um, we've been stifled for a lot of years of what we could and could not do with our hair, um, especially when it's dealing with our hair in a natural state. Um, I'm still at the point of why is it not acceptable for black women to wear their hair in their natural state? Why is this still a topic? Um, I, I don't really understand it, especially when we're in the day and age where a lot of people of a lot of races have adopted a lot of the hairstyles that we wear. Um, right, most recently right. on Wendy Williams when they had this uh, white lady talking mm-hmm. about some edge edge control and how to use it and use a toothbrush like she was telling us something we hadn't, haven't been doing for the last 50 decades. It's, it's insane. It's crazy. Our grandmothers were laying their hair down with Vaseline and... Uh, toothbrushes before there was edge control and all this other stuff that they have out for it now. So just seeing stuff like that, it just makes me go, really, we're still having this same conversation. And then to have it be where it's women in the military, it's like, come on, these women fight for our right to have the freedoms that we have. And they they still have to fight over wearing their hair in, in their natural state. Uh, I feel like that's a waste of time. And it's it's quite... It's, it's racist, quite honestly. Right. I mean, for me, as someone who's been sporting and wearing her natural hair for years to come, it's not really, it's not a surprise to me, but it is disappointing. And I'm actually a little disappointed in myself because I didn't know that woman could not, you know, rock their natural hair in the military. So this actually was kind of, um, wasn't a shocker to me, but I didn't know that. So I was just like, oh, wow, why didn't I know that? But, I mean, it's not a surprise to me as, you know, someone who goes into job interviews and, you know, people don't expect you to look the way that you look or people seem to be offended by your natural hair or think that your natural hair is dirty and it actually saddens me as, you know, like I said, as a black woman who's been wearing her natural hair for years. I mean, it's nothing more freeing and liberating to be comfortable in your skin as a black woman and to be comfortable with the hair that grows out of your hair without being ridiculed or shunned and, you know, people judging you and people thinking that 
this qualifies you for a job or not, or not, you know, this is the reason why we have so many young ladies that are ashamed to have kinky, curly, coarse hair, or ladies who are embarrassed to wear their natural hair because they're afraid of how others may perceive them, and all of a sudden, it's acceptable to be comfortable with your black hair, it's acceptable to wear your natural hair, like it was some type of sin, you know, I don't understand it, it's this has always been a topic of conversation. This has always been an ongoing battle. Um, you know, many black women can't get can't get jobs because of this. Um, but you know, for me, I would say I stand my ground. If I walk in and you're offended by my natural hair, then I'm like right off the gate. I'm like, well, then this is not the opportunity for me. This is not the job for me. I don't care how much money you're paying me. I don't care if this is going to be the biggest opportunity of my life that I'm so-called missing out on. I'm comfortable with who I am. And so if you're not fucking with me that way, then, you know, I will chuck up the deuces. Um, You know, I don't understand when has a little hair ever scared somebody, you know, it's not a threat. So to me, I just think it's ignorance at its its greatest form. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we do have some black women that sell out because of this or they think that, you know, natural hair is not acceptable and that you need to have your hair pressed or permed or it needs to be in a weave or it needs to be in, you know, a wig. And I just, I don't know, that's that white mentality of thinking. And this is why I have my reservations about black people serving in the military at times because I feel like we aren't accepted and I feel like we aren't valued and I mean they treat us like they own us and I I don't I don't know I don't understand it so it just saddens me that black women have to you know deal with this and I I really have questions for black women who um want to who wanted to wear their natural hair and couldn't apparently for years who are black women who are in the military like I really have questions for them and just you know what are their thoughts on this and recently I seen a video on how the military was claiming that you know this is really a step a step up and you know showing people that you know we don't discriminate and that you know we're accepting people in all forms but I don't know I just think it's silly like it's 2018 like you have to be fucking kidding me and even black men have had to deal with this with, you know, wearing their dreads and wearing their hair a certain way. Now, when I say some black woman coon, I'm referring to black women that make fun of other women who choose to wear their hair in their natural curly state, their natural texture. That's what I have an issue with. Well, I think with the military, it's a little bit different because the structure is a lot different. What they do for their job is a lot different. I, I know for my job, there are certain hairstyles that's just not conducive to right. doing the job. It's, it's it's a safety reason. If you have hair that's down your back, that's a safety issue for me, and I can't have you working on my job site with long hair, or it needs to be put up in a certain way. I mean, it's the same thing when you work at a fast food restaurant. Right. I don't want someone with long hair flowing making my food. So there are certain things that you have to do in order to be safe, in order to do your job appropriately. But I feel like with the military, it's a little bit more strict because everybody is supposed to be one, it's supposed to be uniform, it's supposed to be the same. And I think if you played any sport or you've been a type of any type of dance team or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, you know uniformity is a really big deal. And the military, for them, it's a really big deal. Just like with police officers, it's a really big deal for everybody to be uniform, um, even when it comes down to the type of facial hair that they can have. Like, there are certain things in the military that you just cannot do. Now, when I'm, when, for me, 
when I say natural hair, like if you're able to still put your hair up in a bun and still able to wear your hair under your hat as a military personnel, then I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But if you're at a point where you can't be in dress code because of your hair, that's an issue. That's a problem. Um, and I think that we got to get into a point of, um, yes, be liberated. Do what you want to do when it comes to your hair. But you can't expect an employer to switch their terms because of where you want to wear your hair. And I think it, it, it needs to be a balance between the two. Like, if you're running your own business, you're doing your own thing, great. But if you're a new person that's fresh out of jail and you've got dreads down your back and your employer telling you, sir, you need to cut your hair in order to get a job, then cut your fucking hair. Like, I don't feel like people, to me, feel like, oh, I have to stand my ground. But if it's standing your ground is impeding you from moving to the next place... I don't really feel like you really need to be standing your ground on something if you really need that job. Now, if you're in a situation where you can pick and choose where you want to work, you can pick and choose when you want to work or where you work, then it's a different situation. But you can't come out of a program and then have your hair look a certain type of way and think people are going to take you serious. They're not. That's just the way that the world works. And it's not just white people. It's just people in power positions. Because I have no black people that are in power positions that will look at you. And if you're not clean cut, you come in an interview looking like you don't care about being at the interview, then yeah, they're not interested in hiring you. And if there's another black person that comes in there and they're clean cut and they have a nice haircut, they're dressed appropriately for the job that they want, then yes, I'm all for just for the opportunity that you want, not the opportunity that you have. So I think it just depends on where you're trying to go with yourself what you're trying to do with your with your life. Like, for example, open-toe shoes. You will never go to the doctor and the doctor's wearing open-toe shoes. You will never go to a law office and they're wearing open-toe shoes. But as a teacher or as um, an office administrator or even as a human resource person, no one cares if you're wearing open-toe shoes. So I think it just depends on what your goals are when it comes to work. Some things are not appropriate for certain jobs. Um, and so I think people need to take that into in consideration. But when we're talking about people's natural hair and the way they, where the way their hair grows out of their head, let them do what they want to do. Like it's their hair. Let them. I mean, no one can control the type of hair that grows out of their head. So if they want to wear it natural and they don't want to press it and they don't want to put a perm in it, or whatever the case may be, then they should be allowed to do that. I don't think there should be a band on you wearing your natural hair. I just, I think that's crazy. Yes, and that's all that I ask. I mean, it's one thing to to be unprofessional and to show up to a job interview, you know, looking a fool, looking a mess. Like, I feel like it draws the line between the two. Natural hair and showing up looking a mess at a job interview, I think, are two different things. Like, if you're telling somebody they can't wear their natural hair, I just think that's fucking ridiculous. I mean, uh, I will share an experience. I, this was like way back in the day, but I actually had an ex-boyfriend. This is like I said, way back in the day, like high school days, but he was working in retail and he was work, um, working for the store. I believe it's called Amber Carberry and Fitch. And so they wanted him to cut his hair because he needed to appear to look a certain way. And Mind you, most of the people who worked at Amber Crombie and Fitch were white, white managers, majority white people who, a white clientele and white people who came in there to buy their clothing. And I also had another friend as well, walked her natural curly hair just like me. And they told her that she could not show up to work with her curly hair and that it needed to be straightened. And I just thought, this is absurd. We're talking about retail, retail, where you come in, you ring people up. You do fucking inventory. What? I don't understand how her natural hair posed as 
a threat and even Muslim Muslim women not even just black women but Muslim women also have to deal with this as well and I remember back in 2015 where um a Muslim woman actually sued Abercrombie and Fitch because they you know they told her she could not wear her headpieces and her headscarves so you know it poses a really big issue Amber Crombie's really known for doing that too because mm-hmm. they've had some situations where they've done that with body weight too, where they or way people look, you know, they didn't quote unquote want any ugly people working for them. When I don't know if anybody's ever seen the owner of Amber Crombie and Finch, but that guy's not a looker himself. So for him to have these type of rules that he has is crazy. And I think in situations like that, you got to know who you're interviewing for and who you're going to right. go work for before you go interview for there. And right. you know, they have such standards and such rules. And that's not the place for you. Um, and that's not a place that you should be even applying to or even patronizing if you really want to be honest about it. I, I don't want to patronize or go to an establishment that has such strict rules where it's not, you know, open to everybody. It's just not a place that I'm interested in going to or working for. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think that takes some due diligence on your part. And, and every rightfully so in those both of those situations, I'd have told them where they could stick it. Like, either you take me as I am or I don't need to work here. Choose one. Like, Yeah, so she know. actually was, you know, denied the job over her headscarf, but she actually won a um, Supreme Court. Okay, so like you said, it's things like that, you know, you really need to do your research and who you're... <laughs> who you want to work for and, you know, what job interviews that you're going on. And really at the end of the day, you need to determine if it's a good fit for you or not. If you're not feeling it and you're like, these people aren't going to accept me, then no, it, it definitely isn't the the place that you need to be. It's not the job for you. I really would like for us to get to a place in the world where we're not still talking about black people's hair right. and them being able to wear it in its natural state. Like we need to get to a point where we're moving the conversation forward and not talking about this anymore. Especially, like I said in the beginning of this segment, when we have people appropriating our, our culture anyway. People want to have right. our hair. They want to wear our hair. Which style. is crazy. They wish they could have an afro. And now you telling me I can't go get a job if I wear my hair naturally? It's right. insane. But like, then you have um, shows and magazines and columns talking about how these women have set new trends and this is the new look. But really, you swagger jacked that from a black woman. And they've been doing that since the beginning of time. They talk bad about it, and then they adopt it as their own and rename it and put it out there as something else. It's it's a never-ending cycle, but I really wish, as far as corporate America was concerned, is just let people be who they are. Like, and, then, and for us in California, it's not as bad as I feel as it is for people in other states. Um, we do have it a hard time here in California, but I think it's a little bit more culturally diverse here. You are never, when you walk into a job, uh, you just never know who you're going to be looking at. And a lot of other places, it's very basic, black, white, maybe Asian, maybe Hispanic. And I think they're, they're a little bit limited on what they can and can't do and what is acceptable and what it's not, especially when you're talking about the South and Texas. Like, I've talked to cousins that have gone on to go to interviews after they've gotten out of college. It's their first year out of college. And, you know, and they're they're having an interesting time with with a job market. I mean, you you have a phone interview, they hear your voice, then they see you, and then they're, like, shocked at the person that there's in front of their face. Like, they're not expecting for it to be a black person because right. you were so articulate over the phone. So, it, I mean, it's, it's there's so many more layers to this than just hair, and I really wish that we could 
get past the hair thing and and then get on to the next subject, which is people's names, like not being <laughs> able to get a job because some idiot can't pronounce your name the correct way. I think right, that's, right. that's another one of those that I feel like, yeah, we got to get past that too. Like we're in, uh, I mean, we're in a, a era now where people are naming their kids Apple, Saint, all kind of craziness. Like, you know what I mean? Like Blue Ivy. Like these people are naming their kids everything under the sun and you mean you can't pronounce culture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. it, it's just, it's getting to be a bit much. So I think the hair thing and the name thing, I think we need to like move the needle forward on that. I mean, sure. we even get judged by our voices, you know, there's, share, <laughs> there's a share of black people who put on a different type of voice when you're speaking to somebody on the phone. I mean, well, yeah, you got your professional <laughs> voice and then you have your personal voice. You have your personal voice and your professional voice. But even then, when I feel like you're speaking in your professional voice, you're still judged by your tone. Well, absolutely. And I think, too, like, uh, I think every person of color, every black person for sure has two <laughs> sides to them. I mean, you can't show them every side of you because they right. will judge you a lot harsher than they would Susie Q across the way from you that's parring it up every weekend with her white friends. It's it's just it's just different. We have to keep right. ourselves separated and uh and when it comes to that and and if you ever see somebody after hours that you work with and they see you in your own element, it's like shocking for them that you're like not that same person that sits behind that desk every day because you've <laughs> you've had to as a person of color separate your life. I mean that's no we it's talk true. About that that's for that's for, why um forever. I the people I work with, I don't have them follow my social medias. And my like with my social media accounts, I don't put my full, you know, government name. There's just certain things that I don't do because it's like I don't need you trying to track me and follow my footsteps after work. <laughs> right. Or even people use it even as like hiring tool too. Like, oh, let's mm-hmm. see if I can find them on Facebook mm-hmm. or any type of social media and see what they do when they're not at work, you know? And I think sometimes to me, that's like an invasion of privacy. Right. I don't think your employer should have to know what you're doing when you're not on their time. Um, I think that's a little bit too intimate. You should be able to do what you want to do without fear of someone else at work finding out what you're doing, which I think is the reason why people do keep their personal life and their professional life separate because you don't need, like I said, Susie Q with the cubicle over talking about what they've seen on your Instagram over the weekend. It's, it's insane. So, I mean, like, with topics like this, we could go on and on and on. And there's so many subtopics yeah. in this topic. It's crazy. I'm sure we'll hit another subsection of this topic in the near future. But I will say I do love it when I'm speaking to an employer and they think I'm white and I walk into a job interview and it's not what they expected. I actually love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. And I think as a black person, if you haven't had that experience, then you haven't gone on enough interviews. <laughs> or they know you were black from your from your phone. Like some people just don't have the wherewithal or the means to disgu- to disguise their voice or have a professional voice outside of their personal voice for whatever for whatever reason. And if you are a black person and you think that your employer is, you know, tailgating you or whatever it is they're doing or they're trying to figure out what you do in your personal time. Don't put your government information out there. Don't put your government name out there. Change the spellings up. Change it up. <laughs> yeah, and I would I would lean on the side of, like, don't use your government name. Find right. a nickname. Find a name that only certain people that are close to you know about. So even if they do try to put any portion of your name into the Internet, especially a Google search, 
it's going right. to be a real hard time to find you. That's just my personal advice to anybody, especially young men and women that are getting out of college and looking for their first real career job. Keep it separate. And and number one rule, don't let anybody at work follow you on social media. You have no friends that's, at work. <laughs> that's my number number one thing. Like, I've had conversations with people about that. They're like, wow, like, you don't really hang out with like that many people that you work with. I'm like, no, because for one, I don't trust people. For two, I don't need people you know, looking into me like that and then going back and trying to say I did this and that. I just don't feel comfortable with, you know, giving people my personal information like outside of work. I'm just like, nah, I don't I don't think we can do that. We can be cool and cordial at work, but aside from that, let's stay in our different lanes. <laughs> yeah, I think the I think that that line definitely needs to be defined because if it starts to get blurry, people will use that kind of stuff against you too. And you don't know who they're going back and repeating what to. And you should be able to feel free when you're off. Like, that's just my personal feelings about it. You need to not, you know, put the two together. You do not have friends at work. You have acquaintances, not friends. Keep it separate. Right. Now, we're going to switch gears here a little bit. And, you know, we want to know who should pay for what if you're in a relationship and you live together. So who should pay for what if you're in a relationship and you live together? Should a man be responsible for all the rent and utilities and the woman be responsible for cleaning, cooking, and groceries? Or should it be 50-50? So what do you think, Taba Queen? Well, I think it depends. I think it depends on the conversation that you have before you make that decision to move in together. Um, that's one thing I do want to stop at for a second because I think that people aren't having that conversation and I think as an adult before you make that com- that make that step to move into it with each other that you need to sit down and have a conversation on what each of you are expecting with this moving is this another step King Stone into your relationship for it to go to the next step like engagement or marriage or is this uh, a situation where it's cheaper like it's better for us to live together because we're always together anyway so economically it just makes sense for us to be in the same household and then what does that mean like uh, as far as responsibilities are concerned are we going to split things 50-50 you know are is one person going to be responsible for the rent and utilities and the other person is responsible for everything else um, and, I don't, and I don't necessarily think it needs to be like necessarily gender roles but what is expected when you when you decide to make that step to move in together? I think you need to have that conversation because I, I'm of belief it, it depends. It depends on the situation because what if you're with someone and you make way more than they do? Do you really expect them to hold up half of the bargain? Do you think that they can really afford that? Um, or, or, you know what I mean? Or is it a situation where, you know, you guys are both baking equally? Okay, well then maybe we should do a 50-50 because we make about the, about the same amount. Or is it a situation where you guys really do like traditional gender roles and you've established that this is the way that it's going to work? Um, I know people in each one of these categories where uh, the man takes care of everything, even groceries and all of that, and her money is used for their entertainment purposes. I've seen that. Um, I've seen where the woman was the one that was a breadwinner and she paid for mostly everything and... A man did nothing or, you know, paid, you know, paid what he could pay or whatever. I mean, I think it just depends on where you both are financially. And then what is the next step in your relationship? Is it a financial gain or is it because we're trying to move the next step in our relationship or is it a combination of both? Yeah, that can get tricky and it can be very dangerous (laughs) 
But I agree with you. I think you you both need to sit down and establish how you want your household ran. And that indeed will make a big difference instead of assuming, because I feel like there's, I don't know, I've witnessed situations where I feel like people have assumed that this person is going to be doing this and that. Like, well, you're going to be cooking, you're going to be cleaning. I don't need to, I don't have to do none of that. And I'm just going to be the bad winner. I don't care how much money that you make. And I feel like with some men, that's like a pride thing. Like you could be making more money than the right. I don't give a fuck. I'm paying for everything. Like their pride, their ego gets in the way. And they're just like, no, this is what you need to be fucking doing. And it's so funny that you say that and that we're talking about this because I seen something on Twitter the other day and the woman was like, I don't give a fuck. She was like, I am not with this whole gender role thing. She was like, if we're living together, you're going to be equally cleaning, scrubbing, cleaning the bathroom as much as I am and cooking as much as I am. It's going to be a 50-50 streak. Well, see, I don't know because I'm a little <laughs> bit particular. I'm very particular about how my house is clean and I'm very particular yes. about the food I eat. So if you're a man and you can't cook, fuck a 50-50, nigga, you are not cooking me shit <laughs> if it tastes like ass. No, I do not want you cooking for me. And cleaning... I, not everybody cleans as thoroughly as I do. I'm very particular about cleaning. I clean my bathroom three times a week at at the very least. I'll be damned if I'm waiting on another person to clean my bathroom. Like, no, I'm sorry. It needs right. to be clean. It needs to be but clean see, now. Like, I can't. I cannot. But see, that's that's why you have to know, like, who you're getting involved with and, like, when when is the right time for you to be moving in with the person? Because I feel like all that needs to be established before you moved in. Like, you have certain tendencies. You have certain things that irks you, that pisses you off. Like, you might be really particular you might have OCD because I know I have OCD and I have anxiety and certain things freaks me out so it's like you need to establish the motherfucking ground rules before you're just like hey we're moving in together like you're paying for this I'm paying for that you're cleaning that yeah like I think I I think that fundamental conversation in the beginning is everything because that sets the tone of how things are going to be taken care of and you both know what you're responsible for or how you're going to do it because that also comes into play with that is how you're going to do your money because some people get to the point where okay if we're at the set where we're living together are we putting our money together mm-hmm. or are we keeping our money separate i mean that's a situation oh, i'm so glad you brought that that's up. a situation yeah. for marriage too because there's a lot of marriages right. where you have to have that conversation too like what are we doing mm-hmm. are we putting our money together or are we keeping it separate and if you are putting your money together are you keeping a little pot for yourself or a rainy day of fund course. or like of course like how does that all work and then and then too does your spouse know that does your spouse know that you have a little rainy day fund that they don't that they they don't have access to like so it's, it's that's your it's a whole mm. it's a whole thing because there's certain people that are very traditional and go no uh, we put our money together and we make it work and nobody nah, buys this or that fuck without that. the other one's permission <laughs> and then there's other ones where like my wife takes care of all of the bills so I just give my paycheck to her uh-uh. and I and as long as I have money to do what I want to do I really don't care and then there's other people that are like hell no we do not put our money together. <laughs> We keep our shit separate. Hell like, fuck? If, we, no. if we need to come together and do something, we'll come together and do something, but we are not putting our money together. And then I have people that are like, yeah, we put our money together, but they don't know that I got this little side pot of money that when I really need to do something, <laughs> I'm going to hit that, hit that and not have to worry about what we're putting in together. So I think like all of that needs to be discussed before you're talking about moving in with someone. Because at this point, when you right. move in with someone, their finances essentially become your finances because if you're depending on them to pay their portion of the light bill or the light bill period and they don't pay it and it's in your name bitch <laughs> you that's going to your collections account too so like it, it's 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 a big conversation 
Like, people take moving in together very lightly to me, and I think they shouldn't. Like, it should be a real conversation because that's how you end up breaking up in a relationship and one person is stuck with a whole bunch of fucking bills because the other person skirted (laughs) on them. Like, I don't have time for that. See, I don't know. How I was raised, I don't know. Not everybody was raised like me. (laughs) How I was raised and how I was taught is... A woman should never motherfucking be broke. You should always have your own money. You should always have your own bank account. Okay, if you meet a nice young gentleman, you establish all that before you get married and before you move in. And if you want to have a joint bank account with him, you should. But you should always have your dough aside from that and only your name. Because at the end of the day, if you get yourself caught up in some time, type of motherfucking bond or whatever the fuck it is, like you should always have your own money to take care of yourself. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're fucking married. And majority of people from my grandparents, aunts, and people in my family, you know, will tell you that. That's just how I was raised. A woman should always have her own money, regardless of the situation. And I would agree with that. I think... Not necessarily for women, I think for both. I think both a man and a woman, because nothing is worse than a broke-ass man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, well, yes. like, there's nothing well, yes, worse than that. that. Too. Like, I think both parties, you should be responsible enough to have money put away. I mean, if you got to the point where you got comfortable enough where you feel like you don't have to do that, I mean, I think that takes years and decades of being in a relationship to get to that point. Right. But I think, especially if we're not married, there's no ring on my finger, we are not connected in that way. I don't want my money with your money. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. Like, you have your bank account, I have mine. If you want to have like a little savings account together or something where we save for vacations there together, I'm down with that, or we're trying to do something big (laughs) together. I'm down with that, but, like, the totally relinquish control over my finances, the way I do things, I'm not really comfortable with that because I do things a certain way, and not everybody does their bills the same way. Like, I'm still the person that will look at all of my bills, all of my statements, and go line by line and make sure there's no fuckery going on. Like, there's too many things that are electronic these days for for me not to be diligent in making sure that everything is supposed to be where it's at. Um, and so not everybody's like that. And some people are not good with money. Like they spend money like it's fucking water and will spend their last dime on some dumb shit. That's not me. And I would be furious if I go to my bank account and you spend my last $20 on some dumb shit. Like we're fighting. And that's another thing. Like you as a grown person should never be down to your last $20 either. Like I'm not down with living the paycheck to paycheck situation. That's not cool. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people overlook this. People are just so caught up in like the lovey-dovey stage. I mean, that's fine, but when it comes to down to finances, when it comes down to buying a house, whatever your living arrangement is, whatever y'all are doing with your finances, I, y'all need to be on the same page. Like that, I feel like that's a big factor, making sure everything is okay on the financial end. And I'm not saying judge somebody based off of their income and the amount that they make, but you don't want to be getting yourself involved with somebody that just doesn't have their shit together. I mean, that's for me at least. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I think that, it, I don't know. I think having your shit together means a lot of different things, like not being in debt, not owing people a whole yeah. bunch of money. Like you may not like ha- make a lot of money, but how what you do with the money that you do make makes all the difference. I I think that's important. I, I think that's be, be financially sound is important, and I think it's important for most women because women want security. Not necessarily saying that she wants you to pay for anything, but she wants to know that her man is financially secure. I don't have to take care of him. I think, especially in this day and age, women are their own bosses. You know, women are in power positions. They're making very good money. They don't want to have to take care of a man like he's her child. Like, no. no. Right, and there are a lot of men out there that are scammers. And it's like, no, honey, 
he doesn't love you, and I don't really even think he's like invested in you like that. I really think he's just <laughs> like wants your bread. He wants your money. Yeah, you're, and expects you to take care of everything. You can't are, sugar mama. I mean, there are sure women out there like that as well, but you just gotta watch out for those scammers because they are. And I do think out there. <laughs> I think too, it also depends on what is the moving situation going to be. Like, are you got is one person moving into the other's place? Like, I've been living in my place. And now he's coming to live with me or vice versa? Or is it, okay, we both are living somewhere else and we're going to move into a new place together? I think that makes a big difference too because if you're moving into a place with someone where it's all of their stuff and they have to make room for you in their, in their own space, that's a little bit differently different too because their mindset has to change that. It's not just their house. It's your house too. It's our house. So... I don't know. Mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. the thing, too, that people have to think about. Like, when you're mo- deciding to move in together, what does that mean? Because if you're moving into somebody, like, say someone already owns their home, and you're moving in with them, that's their home. They're going to feel a certain type of way about you being in there, even if they do want you to be there. But they've been used to things going and being a certain way that you now have to fall into that fold of how they do things. And that could be straining on a relationship, too, because you really get to know somebody when you either, one, travel with them, or you live with them. <laughs> yeah, traveling, for one, I feel like that's the test right there. Because people, when you travel with people, their true colors really come out. I feel like that's the ultimate test. Like, shit, if we can't even get through this motherfucking a week's worth of vacation, nah, I can't fucking live. Like, this is not going down. Like, we're not going to work out. Yeah, so I think, like, that that plays a factor in it, too. Are you guys moving into a new place together or one person moving into the other's place? I think people need it. I don't know. I think this is a conversation that needs to happen in the beginning before you guys decide to even take that step to move into each in, move in with each other. What are the finances looking like and who's responsible for what? How are we handling our money and who's going to make sure that the things are paid? Because even if... I'm, we're like, okay, we're going to put everything down the middle. Someone still has to be responsible to make sure they collect the money and it gets paid. Right. And I've, I don't know, there are a lot of people who have very interesting marriage, their whole dynamic when it comes to marriage. But I was reading something where a lady, a man decided that they were, wanted to stay married. They wanted to go on trips and do things that I guess you would say normal married couples do, but they decided to stay in their own homes. And I was just like, wow, that's a very interesting dynamic. He, the husband decided that he was going to continue to pay for everything, but she decided like, you know, I need my privacy. I need my space. I just need my time to myself. So you stay in your home and I'll stay in my home. And I thought, wow, that's a very interesting dynamic. I also think that they found something that works great for them. I mean, what works great in one won't work great for all relationships, but I think, that they have probably had that conversation of what they both were comfortable with and they're probably comfortable enough in their marriage to not necessarily have to live in the same space or be in the same space day in and day out. They're, they can afford to have some space apart. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I could see that. I could see, I mean, especially if you're a person that you're older in age and you've been, you maybe you've been married before and this is like your, maybe your second marriage or whatever, you know, you're a widower or whatever the case may be. And you're like, no, I like my home. I don't really want to move here. And I don't necessarily want you all up in my space neither. So, and you got your own home. Why sell it? Stay where you're at. I'll stay where I will meet at each other's house when we're ready to be together. I mean, that's dope. If it works for you and you haven't run across any problems, I think that's dope. 
finding what works best for you. I mean, that's the key. I feel like a lot of people fail to realize or a lot of people try to compare themselves to other people. And it's like, it's not about that. It's establishing what works for the both of you and what works best for your lives, not trying to compare it to somebody else or trying to mimic what you've seen somebody else do in their marriage. Very much so. And, and, and in relationships too. What's what's good for the goose is not necessarily good for the gander, but I do want to leave this segment with one little nugget. And this is for the young people out there that, you know, you're maybe you're out of high school, fresh out of college. It's your first relation, real relationship. And you're at the point where you're talking about moving in together. Please, please, please. When you decide that you want to move in together, do not move in together at one of your parents' house. That is not moving in together. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, hit, I, mm, I smell some shit. <laughs> that is not moving in together. If you cannot financially afford for you both to go get your own apartment somewhere else. Oh, fuck. Then you're not moving in together. You're not. I just want to give that little tidbit and nugget for hey, all the youngsters out there. She said it. You know who you are. I'm just That's saying. All, that's all I'm going to fucking say. That's all I'm saying. You're not moving in together if you're living with either one of your parents. Don't do that. And this, this shit is funny to me because... As a black woman, <laughs> my parents went instead for no shit like that. They're like, your boyfriend, who? Who the fuck? Over to him? Is he paying any bills? I mean, and <laughs> I think the fuck not. In my parents' house, it's you're not staying in this house with your significant other unless you're married. <laughs> Point blank, period. That's just the way that I was raised. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong or indifferent. That's just the way I was raised. But I just personally feel for myself for the sanity of your relationship and to really build into where you want to be, don't rush moving in together so that you can live together in one of your parents' homes. That's not living together. That's not that's not moving your relationship to the next level because you'll eventually get stagnant and you're not going to want to move because everything is peachy king and you're not having to be responsible for rent. How does that prepare you to pay a mortgage or any of those things? That's what an apartment is supposed to be, a stepping stone to teach you how to learn how to pay bills so that you get to a point where you own your own home and you already know how to do that. Living in your parents' home with your significant other is not teaching you that, even if you're paying rent. Because when you go out and get an apartment on your own, it's just you and that other person. you got to figure out how to survive. If you're living with one of your parents and you can't make rent that month, they're not going to push you on your ass like a person in an apartment complex will. So just a tidbit for the youngsters. Don't do that. It's a recipe for fucking disaster. If you don't agree with that, I actually want to hear your thoughts on it and why you disagree with it. And also, um, to side note, to add to what you were saying, to piggyback off to what you were saying, especially if it's a man... Moving in with his girlfriend at his at her parents' house, like you are gonna get yourself in a bind because what if the shit and what if the relationship doesn't work out, and what if she's like, no, I want you to fuck out of here. Like, do you think her parents are obviously gonna have your back and your side? No, they're not, and you're gonna be shit out of luck because you don't have a backup plan. You think that living at her parents' house is cool. It's just not, that's just not going to be a good situation. And I know there's been motherfuckers who have been in that situation before who've got kicked out on the motherfucking street because they decided to move in with their girlfriend at her parents' house. Y'all are not married. Yeah, I think that's, that's counterproductive. I, I, especially if you feel like this is the person that you really want to be with, that's really counterproductive. Like you're living with her parents and her or him and his parents. Meaning they can smell your she shit. Has, they know when you're she having has all sex. the leverage. Like, 
all of that shit. Like, that's too intimate to be with your in-laws, in my personal opinion. Like, I don't want... But not even in-laws. You're not even fucking married. Right. <laughs> I'm saying, but I'm just saying, even if that's the eventual goal that you guys are saying, yeah. well, we're doing this because we're saving to get married or whatever, then both of y'all stay at your yeah. parents' house or whatever the case may be and meet up when you can afford to live together and live on your own. Living with your parents is not setting you up for a good foundation for your future going forward. You got to have a plan. And I think a lot of people want to hurry up and live with someone and shack up with someone because they want all the benefits of having a quote-unquote wife, but they're not making any moves to make that person their wife or get them out of that situation. Because if I'm a woman and you're living in here with me and my parents, nigga, I'm looking at you kind of sideways. Nigga, we ain't staying here for too much longer. I'm not fucking in my parents' house like that. I'm not, no, we're not doing that. So if we're living here, even if I'm married and we got to, for whatever reason, move back with my parents, nigga, we got to have a plan. This is lasting for six months to a year, and then we're out of here. We're not fucking staying here for the long haul. Like this is we're not. I'm not taking trips, and we don't have our own fucking place to lay our head. That ain't happening. No priorities like a motherfucker. <laughs> Just saying, and I'm gonna leave it at that. Well, damn, topic queen fell to the top of <laughs> top of way. <laughs> About this, I heard that. I just think it's, I think it's just counterproductive, and I see a lot of black people doing this, and I think that's some of the reason why a lot of black people are not homeowners because they don't have a homeowner's mentality. They want whatever is the quick fix, and that shit is ridiculous. Like, stay your ass at home, save your money, go buy yourself some shit. Stop shacking up with people. Oh shit! <laughs> and no, you can't stay with me if you're in the area. Have have <laughs> some fucking pride about yourself. Oh my goodness. Morals, oh. damn it. Morals. People don't have morals anymore. Anyways, oh, speaking of I morals. Also, oh. Sorry, before we move on, also, well, I want your take on this. So, do you think it's attractive if a man wants to take care of everything? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Like, if he's like, no, I want to take care of everything. Um, I think it depends. I think it depends on the way that he goes about it. Now, it, his motives behind it. Like, do I want to take care of everything because I want to have control over everything that you do? Because, bitch, I'm paying for everything, so you got to do what I say, when I say, how I say. No, nigga, that's not how the world works. Like, if it's one of those things where he's like, no, I feel like a breadwinner, I want to do these things for you, then I don't have a problem with a man wanting to do those things for me. I'm I'm really a self-sufficient person, so it would probably make me feel a little bit weird to have a man pay my way a hundred percent. I don't I don't know. I, I, I just I just wouldn't feel comfortable with that. We would have to come up with some type of arrangement um when it comes to that. Now if a man wants to do that and I've been with him long enough and we've established and had that conversation and I don't really feel like there's anything wrong with it, but I know that I would contribute in other ways, like you know, paying for all of our vacations or whatever. Like there would be some kind of way where it, it, I would feel like we were equally yoked. Um, for me, I don't, I don't, it's not a, I don't, that's not what I'm looking for when I'm looking for a man is for a man to pay for everything for me or to take care of me in that way. So I don't necessarily look at it as attractive or unattractive. I think if you can do it, that's a bonus. If you can't do it, that's okay too. But you can't be on no broke shit. I broke, I can't do. Right. Because some women think that's attractive. So I just really wanted to know. I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> think it's, to me, it's not a quality that I'm necessarily out looking for. There are some women that that's 
a, an attractive quality to them, like power is an attractive quality. They don't really care about what the person looked like, but if they have money and they have power, that's just what's attractive to them. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's never really been that way, and I'm not a looks person either. What someone looks like doesn't necessarily drive me as much as what's in their head, what are their mm-hmm. goals, what's their mindset, what they're trying to do with themselves, because you could look like a million bucks but be a really shitty fucking person underneath all of right. that. So. I think it just all depends on where you are in your life. I'm a little bit older, too, so, like, one-night stands, which we'll be getting to in a minute, and little quick relationships ain't really my thing. So I'm looking for goal-orientated people, people that have goals in their life and they are trying to get to a certain place in their life. I'm not in the beginning stages of my life, so me trying to deal with somebody that's, quote-unquote, a fixer-upper is a waste of my time. (laughs) A (laughs) fixer-upper. I heard that. So uh, let's get into this next segment then, which is uh, one night stands. Yes or no? Does it make you a hoe? Why get married if you ain't ready? Huh? One night stands. <laughs> I, that's another one. It depends on how you're moving. Like as a woman, I know this is a big topic that's going to be. Well, it depends if you're a man or a woman and this, that, and the other because it's okay for men to go out and sleep with a whole bunch of women and no one really gives a shit. And then when it comes to women, it's like, oh, she's a hoe because she's got so many bodies on her pussy. I don't know. Like, I, I think that we're in a day and age where women should be sexually liberated to do whatever they feel like they want to do. Show pussy. Do, it, do with it as you will. Um, like um, Bobby Brown said, yeah, my prerogative. Yeah, I think the days of calling some a girl a hoe because she's had more than you know 10 15 partners or whatever the case may be is a little bit outdated and i think it also depends on age too because you can't say a woman in her 50s should only have five bodies when she's been living for 50 fucking years like that's outrageous maybe she had five bodies a decade like that's not a bad thing 50 year old version huh right you know what i'm saying so i think that it's it's all relatives when you when you think about that and like i said it depends on how you're moving if it's a different dude every night and you kind of wild with it and you get drunk and you wake up and you don't even know the dude that you're sleeping next to. That's that's one thing. But if you're just living your life and you're doing you and you come across a dude that you really, really like, you vibing with at that particular night and you have a one night stand. No, I don't think that makes you a hoe. But if you're literally getting dressed every Friday night to go find you some dick to jump on. then yes, bitch, you're a hoe. Look, OK, so personally, like you said, I think it depends how you're moving. But personally, um, I don't know, casual interaction. Shit creeps me out. Like, it's not for me. Like, I need, I don't know. For me, I need to build a connection with the person I'm sleeping with. I'm, I can't just wake up every day and be like, yep, okay, so on Monday, I'm going to fuck Michael. And on Tuesday, I'm going to fuck Jim. And Wednesday, I'm going to fuck Tyrone. And, you know, I can't do that. That's just not for me. Yeah, I, I get that, too. I mean, it's casual sex is not really my thing either. Um, I never... Quite honestly, I've never had a one-night stand. Not really interested in it. But there are people that I know have been in situations where they didn't plan on it being a one-night stand and it ended up being a one-night stand because the guy never called them again. So in that situation, you don't really have a choice on whether it's a one-night stand or not. You you know, you thought you were vibing with someone, you end up sleeping with him on the first date, and then he doesn't call you again. Maybe that's all he wanted from you was pussy, or maybe hey. your pussy was trash. I don't know. But Sometimes you get in the moment and like it happens. That doesn't mean that you're a hoe. In my eyes, I feel like a hoe is somebody that is just will fuck anything walking. They're just fucking somebody new every day. They don't really care who the fuck they're getting involved with. And I think it also depends on morals, too, because a hoe to me does not necessarily mean you're fucking hella people. A hoe to me could be you're fucking the wrong people. Like, this is your homegirl and you're fucking her boyfriend on the side. Yeah, that's fucked up. You're a hoe for that shit. 
That's some record shit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, so I think the, uh, the mm-hmm. term hoe is relative to the situation. Like, if you're just sexually active, you're a young woman, you're out there, you're doing you, you're protecting yourself, you're doing everything you're supposed to do, but you sleep with two or three guys a month. That's your motherfucking business. Do you, girl? But if you're out there and you're like literally out there looking for dudes that you know are wifed up or whatever the case may be, and that's all you're looking for, then bitch, you got a problem. Like, or you're sleeping with your best friend's man, or you you got a man and you sleeping with his best friend, or you know oh, that's your that's... girl and you're sleeping with her best friend, or you sleeping with her mama, or some some like What's... people do some that's hard not ass even shit. a triangle. That's not even a triangle. That's like an octagon. Like that's <laughs> that's too fucking much. Right, but I'm just saying, like that's that's to me that's a hoes mentality. Man, woman, whatever is the way that you're moving, who you're deciding to sleep with determines on and how you decide to sleep with it to me determines on whether or not you're a hoe or not. Like, and there's certain things I think age ranges on it too. Cause if you 50 years old and you still out here banging everything, moving, bitch, you're a hoe. Like you need to stop. <laughs> and you're an old hoe at that. Like oh, that's a God. little bit much. Um, so let's see. Is this just something that fell in your lap or the opportunity presented itself? Um, I don't know. I, okay, I feel like for boys in their 20s, that's what I'm going to call them, (laughs) boys in their 20s, I feel like they're not looking ready to settle down. I feel like they're still in that phase trying to, like, figure out what they want and they're trying to have fun. Like, I don't, like, you can't possibly be, like, in a relationship with, some a boy that's like in his early 20s and expected him to give you everything that you want and hand you everything on a silver platter and give you marriage like I don't know I don't think so but if you are like over over 30 into your 40s no fuck no I don't have fucking sympathy for you fucking around the slide I don't have the slightest bit of sympathy for you grow the fuck up I think maturity and age are two separate things because you have a lot of they are you have a lot of grown <sighs> boys out there that are in grown they're 15 years old and grown men's bodies is basically what it is and they think as the mentality of a 15 year old and yeah they may be here on earth for 50 years but they're still fucking 15 years old the immaturity factor <sighs> is out of this world and so you deal fucking with a lot of that. that and so you have women that are like you know what I'd rather deal with a dude that's in his 20s that's supposed to be doing this fuckery than dealing with a man that's 40 45 years old <laughs> 38 36 years old and still ain't got his shit together it's very unattractive it's not um, as unattractive but it's a dude that's 25 years old and you're like okay I can stick this out cause you know he's trying to figure out who he is a man that's 45 years old is stuck in his way this nigga's not changing <laughs> So what am I doing? Why am I wasting my time with somebody that's still acting like he's 15 fucking years old? Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, I will say, if he's 30 and up and he's still on those type of shenanigans, there is no growing up. And I also think, too, there's one of those things, too, where it takes the right woman to make the man change as well. Because there are situations where there are dudes out there that are out here and they just haven't come across the right girl that's... They're willing to go, you know what? Fuck the dumb shit. I'm going to finally do what I'm supposed to do and stop fucking around. And then sometimes that don't never happen. They meet all kind of great women and they can't get their shit together. It just, it just all depends. It's all relative to me. I think, I think it just depends on who you are and where you are in your life at that time. Because like I said, there's a lot of grown boys out there that you would think, nigga, you are 38 years old. And I'm I mean, in my twenties. There's no reason why my shit is more together than yours. Like you've been here longer, you should have had a career longer. What are you doing with? I your mean, life? 
I've been in plenty of situations like that. So, because I... I will put it out there. I do date older men. So if you're an older man and you're on this type of shit, please leave me alone. Please leave there's, me like a while. I mean, there's a lot of men out there that are very codependent. Like they expect you to take care of them like their mama used to. And if you don't, then it's like you're the worst girlfriend in the world. No, nigga, your responsibilities ain't mine. Like, you need to grow up and be a man and take care of the things that you need to take care of. I'm here as a support system, as help. Not as to take over as your fucking mother and rub your back and pat you on the ass when you don't feel right. Like, fuck out of here. I don't have time for that. Right. And I've been in situations like that before. I'm just, I can't. It's mentally exhausting. And we also posed a question about why get married if you're not fucking ready? Why put yourself in that situation if you aren't ready for that commitment? I think a lot of people don't take marriage seriously these days. Like, marriage is a joke, almost, to me. It's People get married for all the wrong reasons. People don't really get married for love anymore. It's actually pretty sad. I was just telling somebody that the other fucking day. Um, a lot of people get married because of what it looks like. Um, a lot of people get married because of financial reasons. Um, a lot of people get married because they're like, well, damn, I'm... I'm at the age where I should be married, and this is the person I'm with, so I guess this is the person I'm going to marry. Like, <laughs> that that happens, too. So, I don't know. People get married this day and age for all type of reasons, and I've always been a person that I wanted to marry for love, which is probably one of the reasons why I'm not married now. It's because I think I want to marry for love. I don't want to worry for circumstance. I don't want to marry for financial reasons or Anything People like that. People get married for all the wrong fucking reasons yeah. in this generation. And that's why we don't see marriages that are, you know, 25, 30, 40 years long like um, our parents or our grandparents. Right. Like, like those type right. of marriages these days really don't happen. I mean, I mean, I remember when everybody found out that Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce. People were acting like the world's going to come to an end. Niggas cheat. People cheat. It don't matter if you got a gazillion dollars or you look like Beyonce. A nigga's still going to cheat on you. That's I don't know why people were so shocked by that. Like, Beyonce's pussy is golden. She can't be cheated on. Fuck out of here. Look at Holly Berry. That bitch can't keep a man neither. Just because you look good does not mean you can keep a man and you're the all, queen all, a be all. <laughs> man, so speaking of this, I had a conversation actually with a married cat. And this cat was trying to tell me, <laughs> this cat was trying to give me some advice and I didn't really think that he was the candidate <laughs> to be giving me fucking advice. And the advice was make sure whoever you start a family with isn't dysfunctional. And I'm just like, okay, what are you talking about here? Uh, and he was just like, make sure whoever you have a kids with, they aren't dysfunctional. I'm just like, hmm, interesting. You're the one to be talking. But I was just like, thanks for the advice. I... I think I know what to avoid. And I'm like, at, at, at this point, I don't know if I will be having kids because these motherfuckers out here don't meet my qualifications. Yeah, I mean, that it's, it's hard dating in the new millennial. It, it definitely is. A lot of people on that fuck shit, fuck boys and fuck girls alike. I don't think it's just one side. I think there's a lot of people out here that are on bullshit, so it's hard to real, build real relationships with people because a lot of people are on... Fuck shit the entire time. It's, it's, it's quite annoying. But I think at this day and age, people need to really not get married if they're not ready to be a husband or be a wife. 
period. That is a commitment that you're taking, whether you want to look at it as an illegal binding contract or you want to look at it as vows before God. Like, you gave your word. Your word should mean something. And so when you get married, this should be the person that you don't want to cheat on. You want to spend the rest of your life with. You want to build a life with. They, you should have no secrets. They should be your best friend. That's what marriage is supposed to be, this bond, this unbreakable bond between you and another human being. And these days, it's become the thing to be a side chick. Like, being a side chick is just the way way to go these days. Like, side chicks are glorified. Like, that Bernice Burgos character. Like, why is this bitch famous? Because she's got a <laughs> fake ass and she, she was connected to a couple rappers? Like... That were married at that, like fuck out of here. Like I don't, I don't see why these size chicks have been glorified. It just, it's disgusting, and it to me it just goes to show the lack of moral character that people have these days. Because it's cool to be a dude that's got fifty bitches and and all this other stuff and still be married, but it's not cool to see a man that's faithful to his wife and loves her and wants to be with her and only wants to choose. He's the only person that he sees. I don't, I don't know why that's become obsolete. Why that hasn't become the trend. Yeah. I don't know, man. My mother had me when she was 19 and her and my father were married 11 plus years before she passed away and my grandparents have been married over 50 years so I don't know I this generation is is really fucked up and I don't really think this generation has no fucking clue what love really is or what marriage is it's just I don't know your their morals their vows is they're they're screwed up it's not like our like you stated it's not like our grandparents or our grandparents and I think it's sad yeah, I mean, my parents have been married for over three decades. And, you know, growing up in a household with two parents that are married and you see what it's like for two people to be best friends and, you know, raise children together. And, you know, now my parents are at a point in their life where they're empty nesters. All their children are grown and most of their children have children and their grandparents. So it's like, you know, they now can live the life that they want to with just the two of them doing their own thing and you get to that point in life because you're friends or you want to spend time together. You want to do things together. I mean, can you imagine being with somebody for day in and day out for over three decades and still wake up every morning and happy and excited to see that person? You don't hear about that anymore. 50 years, right. same thing. 50 years, you've been waking up and going to sleep next to the same person every day. Your life is involved with this person. You take chips with this person. Everything is about this person for 50 years. You can't get to do this these days and pay attention to you straight for a fucking month without his eye wondering, seeing what the bigger, better deal is. So I think... People need for a to, minute. Right. Like, you need to get to a point in life where you realize there is no bigger and better deal. When you find that person that, like, makes your heart smile inside and out, you can talk to them about anything. They're your best friend. There's nothing that you feel like you can't tell them without them judging you or whatever the case may be. Then you need to fucking hold on to that no matter when you find it. Whether it's you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, whatever. You find that shit, hold on to it because it's rare. Everybody else out here is an opportunist. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, and I feel, you know, you, you, you're spot on with that. They're opportunists, opportunists, and I also feel like people do a lot of shit for show. Well, yeah. I mean, we're in the we're in the era of social media, so you know, everybody wants to front for the gram. If you look at anybody's Instagram story, Twitter, whatever the case may be, Facebook, everybody act like they live in the best life that you could possibly live. Nigga, stop! Mm-hmm. I know some of you motherfuckers personally, and I know your life is not that fucking extravagant. 
stop mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think it's that too. Like people only <clears throat> want to put out there what's going on great in their life. Otherwise you don't really hear from them because they want mm-hmm. to put on this facade. Like, you know, they popping bottles and they going on vacation all the time and all that. And I think that mm-hmm. comes a lot from reality TV. You got a lot of people that are quote unquote famous making money, doing a bunch of fucking nothing. And so it's cool now to be fucking a person that's on social media making your money that way. Not that I'm hating on that, but that's the society that we've come into where we got a whole bunch of lazy motherfuckers that think that they could just make a living off of being on the internet. So, yeah, I'm going to put my fake lifestyle on the internet because I want all these followers and I want to be popping for being a fucking idiot. Right. And I also want to say, I mean, in terms of being in, you know, a marriage for a long time, I think that's great. That's a wonderful thing. But I also feel like there are a lot of people that are just in fucked up situations and they feel like they have to stay in those situations. And it's really not about the length that you've known somebody like, okay, if this person is disrespecting you, this person is not the one for you. Like, don't try to sit up here in front like your relationship is all dandy and roses and it's not like if it's not the relationship for you then leave seek what you're not you know getting in your current situation if it's toxic I don't understand why you're still in the situation especially if you're not married why are you still with somebody that doesn't value you yeah I think and I think sometimes with no situations it takes courage to really mm-hmm. finally realize that, you know what, I'm not being treated to my worth, um, you know, and I need to find a situation where someone loves me the way I want to be loved. Because I think when you get into a relationship in the beginning, you have to show someone how you want to be treated, show them how you want to be loved so they get it. Like, um, I think you, to just assume that the way you want to be treated is the way they want to be treated and they should just know that is is. It's kind of vain. Like, you got to really, I mean, even in friendships, work relationships, whatever, you got to show people and tell them how you want to be treated. Otherwise, you get subjected to getting treated any old way. Um, You got to put your foot down at some point. But I do think at some points, especially if it's like an abusive situation or kids are involved or whatever, it takes a certain amount of courage for you to go, you know what, enough is enough and I need to like pack my shit up and move on. And I think a lot of times when people don't move on from relationships, it's because you're going to miss the routine of that person, not necessarily the person, like the routine of seeing this person every day, talking to them at a certain person every day, you know, making their lunch, making their dinner, doing whatever you do for them, that whole routine, because that's, I think a lot of women crave for that. I don't even say women. I would say people in general, human beings in general, crave for boundaries and structure and, you know, all of that. So if you've had this routine of being with this person for five, ten years, even though they treat you like shit, you're going to miss the routine of the person. So Right. And, and I'm in my later 20s, but I will say, like, if you're in your 20s, especially your early 20s, don't waste your time on a man. Like, you have other priorities. You have other stuff that you need to accomplish first. So don't settle for less. Like, the first situationship or whatever it is that you get in, don't think that, like, this has to be it. Don't don't settle for less. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I think in your 20s when you're dating, it's, you should be exploring what is it you want in a husband. Like, you should date different types of people and not have yourself bogged down with one person because then you're not going to really see much. You're only going to know it's just one person, and you're going to end up being stuck. Right, and you definitely don't want to have regret. So I just feel like, especially at that age, please don't settle. <laughs> please don't get yourself in a fucked up situation. Like, too young for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like we were saying in the beginning of this segment, I guess, you know, the one-night stand thing, I think it just really comes down to how you're moving. I mean... 
I'm not opposed to one night stands, and I'm not going to say blankly across the board that if you have a one night stand, you're a hoe. But I think you need to make sure that you're protecting yourself at all costs, and you're being smart about the people that you choose to sleep with, and the situations in which you choose to sleep with people. Don't sleep with somebody that you don't know when you're fucked up, drunk, high, don't know your left from your right, and then you wake up the next morning not knowing what happened to you. Like, be smart about the situations well, you put yourself in. And also, to you know, there's a perception that if you sleep with the dude or whoever on the first date that you're hoe, but not necessarily, like, if he just wanted to fuck you and that was his motive, it doesn't matter if it was on the first night or if it was the second month of knowing him. If he just wanted to smash, he just wanted to smash, and that's it. And it doesn't matter if it was the first night or you knowing him for several months. It doesn't matter. And that's a segment all within its own as well. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. The dude's going to ghost on females and not being honest about their intentions is, is fucking unnerving. Like, if all right. you're trying to do is get in somebody's pants and freaking say that from the beginning, don't tell them you're looking for a relationship because that's not really what you're looking for. But that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. For a whole nother day? Whole nother topic for a whole nother day. So, since we're on the topic of men, let's talk about men having issues with women not shaving or being comfortable with the hair on their bodies. Um, yeah, you know, this is a really <laughs> touchy topic, and I see uh, people on social media are very opinionated about the topic, but I don't know, quite frankly, I get. I don't know. Quite frankly, I get sick and tired of seeing the topic and I get sick and tired of men telling women what they should or shouldn't be doing with their bodies, especially when it comes, <laughs> especially when it comes to hair on the body, especially in the pubic region. A lot of men have are very opinionated about this topic. And I'm just like, wow. Okay, so I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> I mean, some men don't want you to have fucking hair there <laughs> at all, and some men don't care. In my opinion, I think if you're a grown ass man, if you're a grown ass man, you're not gonna give a fuck. You're gonna if you're hungry, you don't eat the box anyways. Um, for me, I just think it depends. I mean, f- hair is a very touchy and sensitive subject. <laughs> it's an interesting topic because everybody has their personal preference when it comes to hair body hair especially it just and i guess hair just stole the show uh this <laughs> this episode we talked about natural hair now we're talking about hair right this is, this, is, this is a hair hairy episode um i mean for hair in the nether regions i feel like you got to do with what you're comfortable with there's a lot of reasons why people shave it all off there's a lot of reasons why people don't tame it and keep it all there. I mean, and then there's people that are in the middle. I'm one of those people that are in the middle. I don't want to look like Chewbacca down there, but I definitely don't want to look <laughs> like a 12-year-old either. Like, I'm not 12 years old. I'm a grown-ass woman. Some type of hair is going to be down there. If you don't like that, then that's on you. That's not on me. I'm going to do with what I'm comfortable <laughs> with, period. I used to be the girl that took it all off from front to back and made my appointments and all did all of that and I just got to a point in age where I'm like why am I doing this I'm That's not fucking painful I'm not 12 years old and quite frankly I don't really like the way it looks when it's completely bare like that I feel like I'm too it just doesn't and, feel right to me um, and some women and I, have allergic reactions right. it's just for some women it's it's not it's not the way to go right like <laughs> I, I I know a friend of mine that does not go bare because when she does go bare, it has she gets a lot of ingrown hairs. 
and having ingrown mm-hmm. hairs in your pubic area is not a fun thing. So, right. nigga, would you rather me look like I have fucking herpes because I've got ingrown hairs everywhere? Or would you <laughs> rather see a little bit of hair? Like, you got to pick your battles. I think it just depends on, you know, what you feel comfortable with. I also think that if you're looking, oh, shit. looking like Chewbacca down there because you choose to just leave your hair there, that's fine uh-huh. too. But keep that shit clean. Like... Nobody wants to smell a funky-ass box. And when you got hair down there in excess, it's going to hold the funk. Do something about that. Like, that can't be the way of life. Um, Like I said, I think it just all depends on you. I mean, nobody wants hair in their mouth. Let's all just say that. Nobody wants that. But I also think, too, that men need to be a little bit more... um, open to what's going on down there especially if you're a man that doesn't do shit with your balls your balls are looking like you got buckwheat in a headlock and you have the nerve to tell some girl she needs to be completely bare priorities my brother like you need to get your balls in order before you start talking about anything i got going on in my nether regions that's just the way i feel about it so in (laughs) other terms she's telling y'all niggas y'all need to get your balls in formation I mean, I'm just saying, like, you can't have it both ways. You can't be out there with buckwheat in a headlock, but you're talking about, bitch, your pussy's too hairy. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not touching the box until you shave it. Well, nigga, I'm not licking your balls until you do something with, with buckwheat then. Like, it goes both fucking ways. It can't all just be what a man wants and what he thinks. Like, and if you get with a girl and, and she, you feel like she has too much hair down there, you may want to ask her why she has the hair down there. There may be a reason. Before assuming, right. Right, before um, assuming she's just a, a untamed bitch, there may be a reason why she keeps her hair down there. And I just want to throw out there, I I think there are a lot of men that just talk that talk on social media because they're afraid of what other people are going to think. But there's a lot of motherfuckers who claim that they don't like hair on their women who really don't give a fuck and would go down anyways. And I also think it's like the same thing as like fucking stretch marks. Nigga, if you're that worried about fucking hair, then you don't need to be fucking in the first place. That's how I personally <laughs> feel. Grow the fuck up. Like, we're not in pornos. This is grown people shit. We're not, I'm not a porn star. I don't, I'm not, yeah, like I, ugh, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I just don't get that. And there are also some health benefits. So I'll read a few of them. Fewer yeast infections. So, luckily for you and your vagina, pubic hair acts as a natural sponge and barrier to yeast infections. Lower risk of STIs. There's a lot of health benefits that go into this. Um, Like I said, a lot of women are sensitive down there and they need that hair for protection. So, like you said, yeah, ask. Don't fucking assume yeah, I, I just think that that needs to, a question needs to be had. I mean, if you're a guy and you have a certain type of preference and you have that conversation with your girl, like one time will you, you know, for my birthday or, you know, whatever, will you mind just taking it all off or whatever? I mean, she might be open to it, but I think you need to talk to her about comfortability. And I also think it goes both ways. You can't be out here untamed trying to talk about somebody else not being tamed. Like, you know, and it's one thing to have hair down there and it be tame. Like, I know some women that, you know, they have hair completely over their entire vagina, but they keep the hair cut really, really low. That's where they're comfortable with it. I mean, pubic hair is a comfortability. It's not a, a absolute. Right. So people need to stop having the notion that it's dirty, like, because there's hair there. Like, if you're maintaining it and you're keeping it clean, then it's not fucking dirty because there's hair there. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. When did hair become dirty? It's only dirty if you're not washing it, if you're not cleaning or maintaining it. It's a European thing. It really is. It's, it's, it really is a European thing. Because if you go to any other country anywhere else, 
they like the hair on the box. They see if you go to some places in Europe, they still got hair under their armpits like it's not a big deal. So it's like it's an American thing when you really get down to it. We're the ones that are super fascinated with not having hair on our bodies unless it's on top of our hair. And we don't mind using hair from other sources, but let God forbid we have our own hair on our own body. Lord knows that the world's gonna come to an end. It's crazy. Like it's it's pubic hair. We're grown. We're not fucking teenage um preteens. We're grown people not in grade school anymore hair is there for a reason like if you're that freaked out about hair you shouldn't be fucking that's just my personal opinion (laughs) more sanitary it's a natural lubricant it regulates body temperature i mean i could keep going on it increases sensation (laughs) i could keep going on i mean yeah like i said there's a lot of reason why women keep hair there and there's a lot of reasons why women don't i for like i said for me i'm in the middle i don't like a lot of hair down there but i don't like to be fucking naked either like i'm not 10 like i said 10 12 years old hair is supposed to be there so hair is going to be there if that bothers you then i'm not the bitch for you and that's okay for me like i don't have time to me that shouldn't be a deal breaker like if you're like i can't fuck this bitch because she's got hair on her pussy then you've got a problem and it's not her it's you it is. I actually had a friend who said that's why a guy stopped fucking with her. A guy stopped fucking with her because she had too much hair down there. I was like, well, then the nigga ain't for you if he can't handle it. I think that's absolutely absurd. You don't need to be worried about the next person's body, especially if you ain't the one fucking them or dealing with them. Yeah, and, then I, and my thing is, too, it's all about how you present it, too. Like, if you feel like they have too much hair there for your liking, then why don't you be the dude be like, Can I, let me cut it down for you. Well, hey, you know what I mean? Okay, a bitch might be like, "All right, go ahead." She might be, she might be turned on by that. You're right. Right. So, I mean, if it's if I mean, that's a way. I think it's about approach too. You can't come at somebody like, "Bitch, you got too much hair in your pussy. I can't fuck you." Now, if it's one of those <laughs> things where it's like, "Okay, it's a little hairier there than I like. Let me cut it. Can I cut it down for you?" A bitch might be open to that. She might, okay, you want okay. But I don't know. I just right, and then I feel like there's other bitches out there too because we're talking about from um um from the man's perspective but there's also women out there that body shame other motherfucking women about this what the fuck is that about get the fuck out of here yeah i mean because i think it's become the the social norm that everybody gets brazilian waxes because of how these people on instagram and twitter and these celebrities be dressing like they wear things that you cannot have hair there because you would be able to see it. Like some of these girls wear things that are barely fucking there. So the thing in thing is to have <laughs> nothing there. So they feel like they need to be looking like these girls that are out there. And reality is, do you really think that a woman in her fifties is out there getting Brazilian waxes every other week? Probably not. She's going to get to an age where she's like, I don't give a fuck about none of that. Uh, yeah, that's me. I don't give a fuck about none of that right. at all. I mean, and I feel like women don't. Women have enough stuff to stress about when it comes to their bodies. And I feel like this is not one thing that you need to be stressing over. It really isn't. It really isn't. I mean, honestly, like what you should be stressing about is the first time you see your first grade pubic hair. That's when you people are like, oh shit, like that's something to be like freaking out about. Having a little bit of hair <laughs> in your vagina is whatever. Like. I, I just, I'm done. I just, I feel like people are picky about all the wrong shit. Like that's the, the same area to me as stretch marks. Bitches got stretch marks. That's just the way of life. That's just what's going on with our bodies. If you can't get past the stretch marks, then nigga, you ain't the one for me. I'm sorry. Yes, and I actually want 
some people's perspectives on this. So if you disagree or if you do agree, please holler at us. We want to know what what the pubic situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like what's going on down there. Know. Like I've never had a, <laughs> I've never had a dude tell me you have too much hair down there. You don't. I mean, I have had a guy tell me I didn't have enough hair down there, and I just think he just liked a hairy box, just period. But I've never had a dude come to me and be like, you have too much hair down there. Can you shave it down for me? Never had that happen. Like I'm saying, I've, yeah, like you said, I've never come across anybody that's just been like, well, rewind, hold up. Motherfuckers die right in. It ain't no motherfucking problem. So I just think you need to reevaluate who the fuck you're dealing with. And if it's not going to work, yeah, no. Check, I mean, next. Yeah, hair is the least of my worries. I'm more about smells and odors. If that shit is funky, then we got bigger problems than you just having hair in your nether regions. That's just my personal thing. Like, I, that's I think people are worried about all the wrong things. If it stinks down there, then yeah, bitch, you got you got to do something with whatever's going on with your pussy, and it's beyond the hair. Um, but yeah, the hair thing is like obsolete to me. I really don't care too much about that, and I think real niggas out there don't care about that shit neither. They don't. I seen somebody talking about, well, there's limits to how much you. I was like, goodbye, goodbye. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I feel like all these men have all these motherfucking stipulations. I feel like they're the ones that ain't even even really getting pussy like that. You have all these motherfucking stipulations, really, about some motherfucking hair. Right, and the crazy thing about it is, which makes it so funny to me, is when Amber Rose came out with her little Instagram photo with her bush out. Everybody was praising her that she had the bush because. You know, it's Amber Rose, and she's got the body and this, that, and the other. And like, oh, she's making the bush cool again. No, the bitch is, bush has always been in. <laughs> it's just, it, too many motherfuckers watch porno. You guys don't know what a real vagina looks like. Not everybody's out here bare <laughs> like they're fucking 10. Get a life. Like, it's, <sighs> it's insane. It's crazy. But if you feel this some type of way about us after, after this, I don't really give a fuck. I mean, I don't know how you could be feeling a certain type of way about somebody else's private parts. Like, but a lot of people are. A lot of people feel crazy. some type of way about this. Like, you gotta, like people get sensitive about this. Topic. You got a problem with the hair, part it, get it out your way, and get to where you really need to get. <laughs> stop, stop crying about hair. Like, I got a comb and a brush for you and everything. Right. Condition it. Do something. Like, make yourself useful. That is too fucking funny conditioning. Yep. I'm just saying, like, if you, if, like, you know what I mean? Help a sister out. Help a brother out. If you feel like it's too much down there, lotion it up. Do something for me. Trim it down. Something, like, I Give don't know. Give it a know. little vitamin D. Right. Like, I just feel like to get on social media and be talking about what kind of hair you do and don't want, you're a motherfucking lie. Because if Rihanna came in this motherfucker with a hairy ass bush, you telling me you not eating that? Yes, you are. All day long. (laughs) Man, motherfuckers be having a whole application process for for the bitches they date. Like, uh, well, what type of hair you got on your pussy? Right. (laughs) What type of style is it in so I can make my decision? Right. Fuck out of here. And then that just goes, I don't know if we talked about this already or not, but that just goes into the whole nude thing too. Like, I was just recently told that people are out here sending booty hole shots. Who does that? Who the fuck does Like, how do you, how are you even setting that shit up to where you bending your ass over, spreading your cheeks apart, and take a picture of your asshole? Like, we always talk just, about this on a whole other topic, but I, like, it just reminded me of that. I don't know why my mind went there, but it, it reminded me of that, and I'm like, 
Really? Like, it's one thing to sing your coochie through the mail. I get it. Whatever. That's what this generation is into. But you spreading your cheeks, <laughs> taking pictures of your whole asshole? Talk about just, how you got pictures of your asshole I ain't seen. What? That's, just, that's too much energy. Like, I have overexerted myself. I've, I'm bending over doing that. That's my workout for the day. <laughs> if I'm bending over all the way to send you a shot of that, that's my motherfucking what? workout for the day. But I'm not sending you that shit. What I mean, the that, fuck? That takes some real kind of like focus and <laughs> setup and all of that to like. I'm just, they have to have the proper <laughs> equipment Talk about for that. I mean, is somebody like behind the scenes? Filming this. I'm just saying, like, I'm, I, w- I need somebody to do a tutorial on that. How are you taking all <laughs> asshole shots? Like, I no. need to know. I know. I want to know. Bitch, I'm that's trying to too, know. I'm trying that's to know. too much for me. I do not want to see a tutorial. I do. <laughs> Bitches, whoever's out there that's comfortable with that, no. you can send it to us. Hey, please send, let me send, know. send that to the top of Queen Because <laughs> I'm interested to in, know. You new booties are into some whole new shit. Even the whole eating ass thing is just too much for me like shit comes out of there bro you're putting your tongue in it like nah dog i can't i can't i can't, I can't do it and people this say, uh this episode is definitely gonna be called pubic hair <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to another thing like if you're black should you be bleaching your asshole <laughs> or should you there's just enough, leave your there's enough melanin I'm just saying, like, should you be bleaching your asshole? Like, okay, you get the hair out, the hair is gone. I'm done. Do you then bleach your <laughs> asshole to make it lighter? I don't know. I mean, I'm just asking the question, especially to the people that are out there eating ass and like their ass eating. Let, let your girl know. I need to know. We on an hour and 20. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, y'all. Let's, <laughs> let's wrap this up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, you guys let us know on Instagram, on Twitter, or you can email us. We peeped it first. The number one for first at Twitter at gmail.com on Instagram. Let us know what you think about the body hair. I think, I don't know, to each its own. I think it's it's really stupid if it's a deal breaker for you on body hair. I think you guys should have a conversation about that, whatever. Yes, That's my final thoughts on that. Like, to each its own when it comes to the body hair. But you can't be judging people if your shit is not tamed either. Yes, and uh, next week we have a, another um, episode dropping, which is our Cat and Off episode. So make sure y'all look out for that. The Cat and Off segment. That's going to be backed by popular demand. Uh that episode should be pretty, pretty interesting. And then um, the episode after that, we're going to be talking about what is up with all of these white people calling the cops on people of color, especially black folks, for dumb shit like permits and selling water on the street and all kind of other bullshit. Like white kids been selling lemonade on the corner for freaking ever. Black kid does it now. It's a problem. We got to call the police. I feel like these motherfuckers should get fined for calling the police on people for dumb shit. But that's just my personal opinion. Um, next thing we're going to talk about is sympathy dick. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm too good for you type bullshit. I don't. Mm, I got a lot of opinions on that. We'll also go over the power review. We will also talk about threesomes. Woo. Mm-hmm. Are we going to talk about the devil's threesome too? I hope so. And then waiting to have sex mm-hmm. until marriage. What do we think about that? 
Um, that's going to be interesting. Those are some interesting topics that we got coming up in the next couple episodes. So keep your eye out for the Cat and Off segment. I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. And then we'll have the second episode after that coming out, which will be a melting pot of topics. Just like this one. Let us know what you guys think. Yeah, y'all. You heard her. Let us know what you think. Um, please interact with us. Please click on our episodes. Download them. We drop live stream links on the day of. So please just uh, stay posted with what um, we got going on. That's all I got to say. That's pretty much it for this show. Alrighty. So yeah. We are outro until next time, y'all. This is your girl, Legit, with her legitimate perspective. Too many opinions, too many topics, one crown. I am the Topic Queen, signing off until next time. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. We out. Don't ever, ever forget, we peeped it first. We peeped it. Don't ever forget that.